0: Good evening. How are you guys? Good. Did you have a good day at school and all that stuff today? No? Well, now you're here at camp, right? It's all good now. It's all good. Thank you so much for the opportunity tonight and tomorrow to be your special speaker. My name is Nathan Gost. I'm the pastor of Urbandale Baptist Church. A lot of you young guys know me as the dean from Junior Boys Camp. Yes, and I've been here the last two years and I was just asked to do it again this summer. So coming up this summer, I'll be back. So I'm excited about that. I am thrilled, like I said, to have the opportunity to be your speaker tonight. So I hope that you'll be attentive and you'll be listening very carefully to what God wants to say to us through his word. Tonight, I want to give you a challenge. How many of you like challenges? My kids love challenges tonight. Your challenge is for you to accomplish this task either tonight or tomorrow. Before you go home tomorrow night, I want you to go to your leader, your counselor, your sponsor, the person who brought you, the person who's in your room with you. And I want you to say thank you to them for coming this weekend and bringing you here. Don't do it right now. Do it later when they're not suspecting it. Okay. Wait till later. Maybe while we're having pizza or tomorrow when you're sledding, then you can tell your leaders tomorrow or tonight, later on. Thank you for bringing bringing you here tonight because they could be at home in their warm beds tonight with their families. Maybe they worked today or they took tomorrow off to be here with us. So make sure you say thank you to them for taking the time to bring you here today. Let's start with a word of prayer and we'll get into God's word this evening. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity tonight to look into your word. Help us to learn from it and to grow from it. Help us to understand it so that you might do a work in our lives to show us who you are and your love for us. Father, help us to be attentive tonight to your word so we can listen to you and hear what you have to, to, to say to us tonight. Father, may I just be used by you tonight to be your spokesman, to be a tool that you can use to uh, share the word of God with these individuals here tonight. Thank you for our time. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to introduce my family to you tonight. They're not here with me tonight, but I wanted to show some pictures to you tonight. That's my son Noah. He's six years old. He's in kindergarten. I have a daughter who's nine years old. Her name's Lily. She's in fourth grade. Any fourth graders here tonight? Couple fourth graders, so she'd be in your grade. And then my sister, or my sister, my daughter Bethany, my daughter Bethany is twelve. She's in sixth grade. Any sixth graders here tonight? Couple sixth graders. I see those hands. Great. My wife is not here either, but this is a picture of us we took this past summer in South Dakota. So that's my family. We're all together there, and uh, so they're back home tonight while I'm here. A couple things about me. Um, I am. Uh, I love camp. Uh, I love camping. I love food. You can tell that by looking at me. I love food, especially bacon. Anybody else like bacon? Oh yeah, there's the hands. I see the bacon. I, I see the bacon. And uh, so I, yeah, I love bacon. I love history. I like to learn about history. And something else I like to learn about is crazy, silly laws. Crazy, silly laws. For example, did you know, did you know that in Georgia, in Georgia, it is illegal for a chicken to cross the road? It is. You know, so the, the chicken crossing the road jokes in Georgia don't make any sense because it's illegal for them to cross the road. Okay? Did you know in Arizona, in Arizona, it is illegal for a donkey to sleep in a bathtub? It is. This is, I don't know, but these are serious real laws. This one's in Arizona. Here's one. In Texas, okay, in Texas, if you come up short on cash, don't try to do this in Texas. It is illegal in Texas to sell your eyeballs. What? <laughs> Serious? I don't know, but that's illegal in Texas. So don't, maybe it's legal in Iowa. I don't know, but it's illegal in Texas. Here's one for you. In North Carolina, in North Carolina, it is illegal to play a bingo game longer than five hours. That's a really long bingo game. In Ohio. Here's a weird one. In Ohio, it is legal, not illegal, it is legal for a police officer to bite a dog if it will calm the dog down. That's weird. Yes. I I don't know. It's a good question. In Rhode Island, or excuse me, Connecticut. In Connecticut, it is illegal to sell a pickle that does not bounce. It has to bounce in order to be sold. Now, I don't think that works for sliced pickles, but a whole pickle, it has to bounce. I don't know. In Rhode Island, it is illegal. It is illegal in Rhode Island on Sundays to sell the same customer both toothpaste and a toothbrush. You cannot sell in Rhode Island a toothpaste and toothbrush to the same customer on a Sunday. Are you ready for this one, though? Here we go. Iowa. In Iowa, it is illegal for a man with a mustache. Any guys with mustaches? See a couple. It is illegal in Iowa for a man with a mustache to kiss a woman in public. So guys, if you have a mustache, don't kiss your wives in public because it's illegal. We live in a world of laws and rules. And to not follow those laws and rules bring about consequences, brings about penalties. Even here at camp, we have rules. We talked about some of those rules even tonight, haven't we, about not going out in the ice unless you're with your counselor tonight and tomorrow and all that stuff. And you've heard some of those rules already, but what about traffic laws? Have you ever been with someone who broke the law when they were driving a car? Mm, I see some hands. For example, this sign here means don't go over 45 miles per hour, Right? Or this one, says when you're in a school zone, don't go more than 15 miles an hour. We see signs kind of like this sometimes where there's no parking. So if you park in that spot, you can get in trouble. There's handicap parking signs only. So only if you have a handicap sticker in your car can you park in that place. Then there's the stop signs, right? It tells you to stop. Or there's these different uh, stop lights that you see. Does anyone know what they call those stop lights in England? robots. They call them robots in Great Britain and England. Isn't that weird? So to not obey those laws, though, can bring about consequences. You might have, if you break some of those laws, a special friend who might come up behind you in their car with red and blue flashing lights, And they might come up behind you and pull you over to the side of the road. And you might have someone walk up alongside of your car and walk up to you and tell you you've broken the law and give you a traffic ticket. That's not good. You broke the law. Did you know, though, tonight, young men and young ladies, that God also has a law? Did you know that God also has a law? I'm going to ask you to take your Bible out and turn with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus is the second book from the front of the Bible, so it starts with Genesis, and then you're gonna find the book of Exodus. And once you find Exodus, you're going to look through the book of Exodus, looking for the big black 2 0, chapter 20, okay? And once you're there in Exodus chapter 20, I also want you to find your booklet that you got tonight. Make sure that you pull that out, and then open it up to the very first page where it talks about God's law, because I've got some fill-in-the-blanks for you tonight to fill in for. Over the next couple of days, tonight and tomorrow, I'm going to give you a variety of Bible references that we're going to look at. I'm going to ask that you write them down in your booklets, so later on you can remember exactly what passages of Scripture we looked at. But are you are you in Exodus chapter 20? Okay. If you can't find it, I've got it up on the screen for you as well. But Exodus chapter 20 says this, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or as that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, "'but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. "'On it you shall not do any work, "'you or your son or your daughter, "'your male servant or your female servant "'or your livestock, or the sojourner, "'the traveler who is within your gates. "'For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, "'the sea and all that's in them, "'and rested on the seventh day. "'Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day "'and made it holy.'" Honor or obey your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or her, his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. It says, now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountains smoking. The people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin." I want us to look at these verses tonight and locate on these different verses 10 laws that God gives to us. So you have in your booklet these two curved pieces of, of, of gray-looking clip art, whatever they are, right? They are stones, because when God gave these ten commandments to the Israelites, they were written on two tablets of stone. And so we begin with number one in the book, right? And we see right away that God says, you shall have no other gods before me. You can write no other gods. That means that we can't worship any other god but the one true God. We can't worship uh, idols or sports or things, or people, we are supposed to only worship God and have no other gods in our lives but him. Number two, it says not to make any graven images or or idols of, of, of God, right? So we're not supposed to have pictures of God or, or idols of God that, because what that might happen then is people might worship that, that picture or that stone image or statue or something, rather than the one true God. It tells us also that we're supposed to not take the Lord's name in vain. Have you ever heard people take the Lord's Lord's name in vain? They say, oh my, right, and stuff like that. So that sort of stuff, but if God's name is special to us, we shouldn't use it as a slang word or as a curse word. We should respect it and revere it. And hold it up high for us to understand it's important to us. We're supposed to, That says there in, in the chapter, to remember the Sabbath day. Now the Sabbath day was the last day of the week. When you look at a calendar, what is the last day of the week? What is it? Let's say it. Saturday. So tomorrow, right? God told the Israelites to keep the Saturday, the last day of the week, open for rest. Not to work that day, but to rest. Now, we don't do that today because we understand that Jesus rose on the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? Sunday. Sunday is the day we go to church because we recognize that Jesus is the reason, the one who we worship and the one we revere, unlike the Israelites who didn't know who Jesus was when they were first given these commandments, right? So we go on, number five, honor your father and your mother. That's saying obey them. Listen to them and obey them. Obey your mom and dad is what God's telling the Israelites. And he says when you do that, he says I'm going to bless you. You're going to you're going to have a special long time of living because you're obedient to your parents. Number 6, he says don't kill. Thou shalt not murder, right? Don't kill. Do not kill. Number 7. Do not commit adultery. Don't don't want to love people who's not your wife or your husband. Number eight, do not steal. Do not steal. Number nine, do not bear false witness against a neighbor. Does anyone know what that means? What do you think it means? Exactly, don't lie. Don't say something about someone else that's not true. Or don't say that you did something that's not true. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor or against something. And then number 10 says, do not covet anything that is your neighbor's. What do you think the word covet means? Nope, doesn't mean steal. What's that? To want something that someone else has. You know what we call that? Jealousy. I'm jealous of what someone else has. Have you ever seen someone driving a really nice car down the road and you're like, ah, oh, I want that? Or you have a friend that has something that you say, oh, I wish I had that, you know? Or mom, mom, dad, buy me that. No, we're not gonna buy that, but I want it, right? So that's being jealous, okay? So these laws, the Bible tells us, are, are God's laws that he gave to the Israelites, these ten commandments we sometimes call them. But remember the last verse that we just looked at, verse 20. It tells us why God gave these Ten Commandments to the Israelites. And Moses tells them why. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that, you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. God gave these instructions, these laws to the Israelites, so they would not sin. So that to te- and he gives them to test them. That's your blank, okay? He gives them these laws to test them. So, do you suppose, do you think, boys and girls, if you know the rest of the Old Testament, did the Israelites pass the test? Did they obey God in these things? No, they didn't. In fact, they got into a lot of trouble over time and had to face different consequences. They didn't pass the test. They didn't ace the the test that God gave them. But young people, let me ask you this question. Have you passed God's test? Have you passed God's laws? I haven't passed God's test. And if you're honest with yourself tonight, you haven't either. You haven't been perfect at upholding all these laws either. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. Each and every one of us. All means all. Can you say that with me? All means all. All of us have sinned. That word sin means anything we say, think, or do that displeases God. If we've broken these laws that God has given to us, God shows us then, because we broke them, that we are sinners. The verse goes on, though. It says, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect like God. We've all missed the mark of perfection. When God gave these laws to the Israelites, he expected them to get an A+. Plus where he expected them to, to get a perfect bullseye, to do it just perfectly, to not mess up on any of them, but to do them all exactly the way that he told them to do. That's what he expected of them. But instead of getting a bullseye, the Bible kind of lends to the idea that they, they missed the mark. They didn't get the bullseye. They totally missed. None of us are perfect like God, and we have all missed the mark of perfection. The Israelites fell short, but the Bible says that we have too. We have all sinned, each and every one of us. Well, remember how there are consequences for breaking like traffic laws or doing things wrong at school? Well, it's, it's true with God's word too. With God's laws, there are consequences when we don't hit that mark of perfection, and there are consequences for when we miss the mark. The, the, you see, God's plan for us, when we finish this life and we die, is he wants us to spend forever with him in heaven. He wants us to spend eternity with him. But God's plan for us is also to live perfect lives and not break his commandments. So if you've been perfect at keeping God's commandments and God's laws, you can go to heaven. But the verse we just saw a minute ago says that none of us have done that. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. So, so how, can it, how can that work? How can, how can we go to heaven Well, the Bible says that if we aren't perfect and that we can't go to heaven, there's only one other option. There's only one other place that we can go, and the Bible calls that place hell. The Bible says that hell is a place that uh, that was created by God for Satan and his demons. It's a place of eternal torture and pain. It's called the lake of fire in the Bible. And once a person is placed there, they can never get out, but they will spend forever there. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden when they were perfect, when they ate that fruit that God told them not to eat, well, they sinned against God. And now they couldn't go to heaven because they had sinned. You see, God is perfect. And heaven is a perfect place. And there can't be any sin in heaven because if there was sin in heaven, then heaven wouldn't be perfect. If even just a little bit of sin got into heaven, it would no longer be a place of perfection and God couldn't be there. In the world of food, I like food, remember? In the world of food, next to bacon, something else that I think is really, really good is a brownie. I need a volunteer. You, with the IRBC hat. Come on up. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Come on up. Unwrap the brownie. Careful! Don't drop it on the floor. Be careful! It's a good brownie. Go ahead, you can do that. Oh. Yeah, I shouldn't use cling wrap, should I? Cling wrap, should I? Almost got it. No, I got it. You got it. Okay. There you go. Okay. Tell everyone what it looks like. Nice and loud. Okay, there is, uh, like, there's some pretzels. Okay. Pretzels. pretzels caramel. caramel chocolate. Chocolate. Brown. Brownie. I think there's some, do you, do you like nuts? Yeah. Okay, you're not allergic to nuts, are you? No. Okay, I think there's some nuts in there too. Okay. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to take a bite and and, and tell us what it, what it, hey, wait, 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 wait. wait. I I put a special ingredient in there, too. Okay? Okay, It's, I made it with love, but it's got a little bit of dog poop in it. You probably won't taste it, but I put a little dog poop in it. Okay? Chocolate brownie, caramel, pretzel, nuts, brownie, little bit of dog poop. (laughs) Do you want to take a bite? It's just a little bit. It won't, it won't, it won't, it won't. It won't, it won't it, 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 sh- you might save it for later. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There's, there's no dog poop in it. I'm just joking. But that was a bad illustration because you actually ate it. But you, normally most people, most people in the right mind wouldn't eat dog poop, would they? <laughs> Thanks, but you can have it. The picture I was going for is that normally you wouldn't eat dog poop. But imagine if there was just a little bit of dog poop in that. What could happen if he ate that, if dog poop was really in it? He could get really sick, right? If heaven is a perfect place and a little bit of sin gets into heaven, is heaven perfect still? Can God let sin into heaven? Why? Because heaven is perfect and God is perfect, right? God cannot be in the presence of sin. So even if there was just a little bit of sin in heaven, it wouldn't be perfect. It wouldn't work anymore. So, boys and girls, imagine if God let just a little bit of sin into heaven, would it still be perfect? No. Since we are all sinners, and we are all fallen short of God's perfection, can we go to heaven then? No. Because we have sin in our lives. God cannot let sin into heaven. The verse here in Romans is telling us that because we have broken God's law and we have sinned, our reward, our penalty, our wages is death. Not just physical death, because we all know that one day we're going to die, right? That's just part of being human. But we would also die a spiritual death, meaning that we'll be separated for eternity apart from God. But do you think that's the way that God wants to keep it? Young men and women, the Bible says to us that out of everything that God created, that he loves us the most. The mountains are really pretty, the mammals are cool, the planets are really awesome, and all that. But the one thing that God really loves is us. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. God loves you, boys and girls. God loves you so much that He did something for you. He sent His Son to die for you. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, But God shows His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, what did God do? What did Christ do for us? What does it say? He, say it with me, He died for us. Christ died for us. Remember, the wages of sin is death, but God gave His Son. Romans goes on, says, For the wages of sin is death, but The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Have you ever been given a gift? Yes. Yes. If someone was giving you a gift, what do you have to do to take it? You have to take it. You have to accept it, right? You have to reach out and make it yours. In Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. This verse is saying if you want to accept God's gift so your sins can be forgiven and so you can go to heaven, you have to confess that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and that he can forgive you of your sins and you can believe it. Romans 10:13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who believes that God loves us and sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, the verse says, will be saved from the consequences of their sin and go to heaven instead of hell because their sins that is stopping them from going to heaven will be forgiven. I was 5 years old when I asked Jesus to be my savior. That's me when I was 5. It was on a Friday night in the middle of July and it was hot out and we lived out in the country. This is before we had air conditioning. <sighs> and it was hot out and we lived on a farm and the farm had lots of cows and our windows were open. Do you know what it smells like when there's cows and it's hot? Heaven. It doesn't smell like heaven. It smells like pew. <laughs> it smells woof. And we had the windows open because it was hot and it was bedtime. And I went into my mom's room and I asked my mom, Mom, what is all this Jesus stuff? And she says, go in the kitchen and get my Bible. And I got the Bible and I came back. And my mom showed me these same verses that I have shown you tonight from Romans and from John 3.16, showing me that God loved me so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. And that night with my mom, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So I know that when I die... I'm going to heaven. I didn't save myself. I'm not going to heaven someday because I'm a good person or because I'm a, I go to church or even because I'm, a, because I'm a pastor. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not, of, not a result of works or something you've done, so that no one may boast. What Jesus did for us, young people, is only something Jesus could do for us. We can't save ourselves. We have to accept Jesus' forgiveness for us, understanding he died on the cross for us. Each session, I'm going to give you some questions that I call action steps. Okay? It's the last question on your sheet in your booklet. And this, these action steps are a question that I want you to answer, and then I'm going to ask you, what do you need to do about that step? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple questions to answer. And then I want, so I want you to write in your book what the question is or what your answer is to my questions. And then I'll give you what I want you to do. Okay, so just think about these in your own mind. I'm going to ask you these questions. Number one, what laws of God have I broken? I want you to think about that yourself for a minute. Have you stolen something? The Bible says thou shalt not steal. So if you've stolen something, that means you're a thief and you've broken God's law. The Bible says, thou shalt not bear false witness. So if you've lied, you've lied against God. You're a liar, and that means you're a sinner. You've broken God's law. The Bible says, thou shalt not murder, okay? In Matthew, it talks about the fact that if you hate someone, it's the same thing as wanting to murder them. So even if you've never actually physically killed somebody, but you've hated hated them, you're still considered a murderer. If you've ever disobeyed your parents, because the verse says, honor your parents, your mother and your father. If you've ever disobeyed your parents, you've broken God's law. And if you've broken God's law, then there's a penalty to be paid, and that is the fact that you cannot go to heaven. So what laws of God have you broken? Number two, have you missed the mark? Have you aced the test? Have you gotten perfection on on the test that God gives to us? You need to ask yourself, if I haven't aced the test, well, what penalty do I face? Can I go to heaven if uh, if I'm a sinner? Or will I face eternity forever in hell because I'm a sinner? My last question, the one main question I want you to ask is where will I spend forever? I want you to ask that question of yourself tonight. Where will you spend eternity? Will you go to heaven because you've accepted God's gift of salvation through Jesus because he's forgiven you and you've asked him to do that for you? Or will you, are you thinking about spending eternity in hell because you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior and asked him for your forgiveness? Here's what I want you to do. With that answer in your head, if your answer to that question is, I don't know, if you don't know tonight where you're going to spend forever, I want you to do something for me tonight, okay? I want you to talk to the person who brought you, the adult, your leader, your counselor, your sponsor, whatever you're calling them tonight. I want you to talk to that person, and Or someone, like I'll be here around too. I want you to talk to someone tonight and find out which, where you're going. I want you to know where you're going to spend eternity at. I want you to know where you're going to spend forever at. Well, why do I want you to know that? So you can know. I want you to be prepared. I want you to know that you know where you're going to spend eternity and I want you to know how to make the right choice as to where you're going to spend eternity. Tonight, if you can say with your answer that you know that you're going to spend forever in heaven, here's what I want you to do. I want you tonight to tell someone how you got saved. I told you that I was five years old when I got saved. I want you to tell someone. You can tell me. You can tell your leader. You can tell a friend that you came with. I just want you to share it with someone. I want you to tell them how you got saved and how you're going to heaven. I also want you to go to bed tonight knowing that your sins are forgiven. I want you to go to bed tonight knowing that although you've broken God's law, God's forgiven you. And that's something you can thank him for and praise him for. And then lastly, in the morning when you wake up, I want you to wake up and I want you to get up and I want you to spend some time getting to know God in your devotions. In your booklet on the next page, there is a special page for your devotions and you, it says choose what's right. Tomorrow morning when you get up, I want you to spend a few minutes with God. There's some Bible verses there to read. There's a word search you can do. I want you to get into God's word because if you're truly saved, if you know that your sins are forgiven, you should, want to know to get, you should want to know God more. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. Tonight, I'll be around for a while after we're done here as everyone else is kind of getting ready to go off in different directions. I'll be here if you want to talk. You can talk to your leader or other adults that might be around that you can talk to tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for Jesus for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us so we can be saved. Father, thank you for this these Ten Commandments, these this test that we can look at to see if whether or not we are sinners or if we're perfect, Father. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know that none of us tonight are perfect. That somehow we've all broken some portion of your law. And Lord, knowing that you can't allow sin into heaven, Father, we have a choice to make. We can either reject the gift that you've given to us and not go to heaven, or we can accept the gift that you've given to us and understand that Jesus died on the cross for us and that he wants to forgive us of our sins. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Help us to have a great evening of fun with games and food and then a good night of sleep so we can be prepared for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.